everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Bali. I'm Carol in April. And as always, looking out there for my best buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, I've spent the last week working, but relocated to Maine, where I like to go. I normally go to Maine in summer, summer, so June or July. But we curtailed that one this year because of COVID and uh, pushed, at least we got one week, we pushed it to, to uh, September. Very different. No kids because they're all back in school. And uh, so it's all, all mostly adults. It's a lot less crowded and, and it's a lot colder. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that, uh, that change of scenery is the same trick that I pulled in the summer, and I really enjoyed it. And I was kind of thinking that I might do more of it this fall, but the kids weren't up for it. Like, they were just doing remote school, and I thought that, you know, I'd pack them up and we'd go do everything remotely, and they, they weren't quite up for it. Uh, and now they're actually heading back on kind of a hybrid approach, which will be interesting to watch, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, sitting at home now. I'm, I, I'd love to do it again. It's, it's actually, it's been great. We, I mean, I, we've done very little because, you know, with COVID, it's sort of, you know, we usually when we're up there going out all the time or down on the beach, you know, sitting, spending the entire day, but, but now it's been very quiet and it, gen, it just is a change of scenery. And for some reason, driving an hour and 10 minutes away from your, your home dwelling you know, has made all the difference mental health wise. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that we're remote now uh, and, and doing this, you've been remote for, for quite a long time, but, the, you know, the fact that everyone's remote now is actually what we're going to talk about today. We're going to wrap up this series that we've had on the trajectory of technology, which has been about where are businesses going to be placing their bets? You know, what's going to be their focus for technology moving forward here? Not so much as a response to what's happened, but more as a response to the situation that they find themselves in and trying to anticipate the future. And so we've talked about integration being a, a major piece of it, and then businesses following that on with automation. And I think this final one is a little bit of a left turn because I, I think it's partly about technology, but partly about other things. And for me, I, I would call it workforce enablement, that, that now that we've been in this mode for quite a while and we're kind of expecting to be in this mode or a mode similar to this for some, some time longer. There's not a lot of end in sight kind of things coming up here. Yeah. And, and even then it's, you know, businesses are changing how they're thinking about this. You know, they're, they're changing about thinking about how many people do we need in the office? All of that together, you know, just leads to, okay, if that's going to be the way it is, then what do businesses need to do about their workforce? And I, I think that, at the very beginning of this, there was kind of a feel good. Like everyone was thinking, hey, businesses have discovered that their workforce can be remote and they can still get things done. And I think that deteriorated over time. And, and there was an article that came out a few weeks ago and I, I sent it over to you. I know we, we disagreed on some of the, the, the particulars of it, but in the article, they were kind of drawing the contrast between productivity and innovation. And, mm -hmm. and for me, that struck home. And I think the innovation part of it is kind of where we were debating. And I think that it's fair to debate that part. But whatever you want to call that other part, 
I think that's the piece that over time, people and companies have been feeling that they're missing a little bit. I think the productivity piece is kind of well set. And that's the part at the beginning that companies said, yeah, we we can get our stuff done. But long-term, whether it's innovation or networking or a sense of team or, or whatever it is, I think those other aspects are a little more difficult to achieve with the technology that we've got available to us right now. Yeah, I think this, I mean, this is big picture and kind of profound, but I think a lot of this comes down to human nature and various personalities and how people like to work and interact. And it's very different. It's very difficult to codify that around everyone that is in your organization. As you mentioned, I've worked from home for, you know, more than 25 years, never been a problem for me. And I like it that way. And I've managed to innovate and be productive and communicate with my peers. And I understand that there are different circumstances that some people, it's just not something that is easy for them. They enjoy the face-to-face much more. And in particular, if you think about people who are junior people who you just hired, who you're onboarding, you know, that's kind of an issue. So you have to think about from an HR perspective and a a management perspective, how are you going to get those people to feel like they're involved in the company if everyone is remote. So uh, there's a lot of thorny issues here going on. Um, But the article that you cited really rang rang home with me as well. I will differ with you though, and I think we've already done that, on the fact that innovation suffers because people aren't all in one space together. Uh, I think that, that it is quite possible to have innovation and maybe to your point, it's about the tech tools. Maybe they haven't caught up to the ability that humans could have to be very innovative, not in the same setting. But I, so I think maybe we're at like some sort of weird inflection point right now where we haven't figured that out, like mapping the tech tools to the people. But I think a lot of this has to do with the type of people that you have. There are people that work well. It's like, it's, it's sort of similar to having, are you an introvert or an extrovert kind of thing? And, how, and, and then how do you like to work? And I know we've done some studies on, you know, preferred work styles. And I think that's important for organizations to, to, to consider. But I don't, I don't see this as, uh, as something that's going to change in the future. I think we are now going to move to some sort of strange hybrid model of how people work. And COVID aside, we've been moving in this direction for some time where there's always going to be this core group of people who want to go to you know, the, the headquarters or office. And, and that's just the way that they work better. And that's what they're used to. Or, and then there are, there are lots of people who prefer to work remotely. And it's just a matter of, I think it's going to take a lot of top-down organizational strategy to s- figure out ways to make it all work so that everybody is optimal in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely a few things that you said there that I want to respond to, but I'll, I'll start with where you ended, which is kind of the organizational strategy. And, and I'll, I'll get there by talking about our personal situations. Several months ago, you and I did an episode around working remotely. And thinking back on that episode where we were sharing our personal experiences, I would say that without really thinking about it, you and I were focused on the productivity part of it. Like, how do we get our job done remotely? going through this time and looking at that article. And again, the, the, the point where you and I disagreed on, I, I was thinking about some of those things and thinking that like, even in our personal situations, I think that you 
might call it networking. Like you enjoy traveling, getting out there, seeing people, connecting with them. Maybe you would call that networking. I would call mine maybe brainstorming where like I enjoy going into an office, sitting down with people, having random conversations, finding out where they lead, you know, pulling on threads. I don't think you like to do that as much. And I don't like to do, you know, your, your travel slash. Well, I'm far less cerebral than you are, Seth. Let's and, uh, both of those to me, I would put in the same bucket of like, we've got this piece where we can get our job done, but we've also got this piece where sitting alone with our laptop doesn't quite get it done. And to your point, you know, those are two different things. So how does an organization structure itself so that it's making sure that it's getting the job done and it's also creating the spaces for those other parts to happen, you know, whether that would happen through travel or whether that would happen through coming into an office, uh, whether that coming into the office happens regularly or occasionally. And then ultimately, is there technology that can help with this? And another example here would be virtual events. You and I have talked about virtual events a few times. We've attended a few. I think events have this same two-sided problem where events are mostly about content delivery and networking and mm-hmm. they can do the content delivery part online they can't do the networking part online quite as easily no uh, and i think we've all seen that over the past few months and so i think that whichever way you want to slice it there are these two sides of the problem that need to be solved and i would say that the technology today is probably not available. You know, I, I don't know of a lot of examples out there that I would say do a great job of solving this networking slash innovation slash brainstorming part of the equation. And so I think that there are changes in technology that might come. And a lot of those could be in software, you know, maybe, you know, different camera setups, things like that. But then there's going to be a part of it that's organizational and it's, mm-hmm. it's down to the management. And, and some of that would be just personnel management and understanding what your people want. And some of it is organizational structure. And again, creating the environment where people can kind of find their way depending on their personality. I agree with all of what you just said. I, I believe virtual meetings collaboration sessions, brainstorming, whatever you want to call it, can work. However, I, I, I think there's always going to be a thirst for human interaction. That's just human nature. And, you know, I already, myself, personally, after six months now, I'm not traveling at all. And as much as I might complain at times about having to get on an airplane and go somewhere, I feel it though. I feel, and, and, and you, you're honest, you were honest about me. It's more about networking and uh, for me, um, but for you, brainstorming, whatever it happens to be, I do think we have to see each other once in a while and video does not substitute. It's not a, you know, a 100% substitution. And while it is a nice thing to have, because imagine if this all went down, this pandemic thing, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have the capability to even be talking to each other face to face or whatever uh, online, Mm. but uh, we'd be writing, you know, (laughs) letters to each other. But I, I cannot get away from the human piece of this in the individual human piece of this is that uh, organizations, this is going to be where the real struggle is, is trying to figure out their people 
And do you only want to hire people who want to work in, in an office and get together in person all the time? Or are you flexible enough to understand that there are different types of personalities who work better in one environment or the other? And, and I think that that is going to be one of the greatest challenges for companies because I do not believe we're going to go back to the throwback days of, uh, you know, everyone gets up, commutes, goes to an office. But I also don't think we're going to, once the, 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 the pandemic is over, if you're not an essential worker, for instance, we're not going to go back to the days where um, everyone's at home. And, and so this hybrid kind of reality that I think we're going to end up in is going to be challenging from an organizational standpoint, cultural, understanding your people. And then, like you've mentioned, the, the, the technology tools. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there for uh, you know, a, a, a new software development company or any other entrepreneurial technology company you know, to come up with the, the next great thing that may make this hybrid world of work work so to speak, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I I think this is where this topic differs a little bit from the other two, right? That I, I think it's going to start with an organizational strategy. And I, I feel like companies are starting to come to grips with the fact that that strategy is probably going to be pretty nuanced. It, it's not going to be as black and white as saying this was the old way of doing things. This was the new way of doing things. You know, you mm-hmm. and I have talked about that quite a bit and I've kind of shared my lack of patience for a- any rush to judgment about what the future is going to look like. You know, I, I think that we've seen it in saying that like, well, companies are going to abandon their offices or even, you know, in society saying that like, well, people are going to abandon cities because they've just figured out that it's too expensive to live there. Well, some of these things have always been true, right? It's, it's always been expensive to maintain real estate or it's always been expensive to live in a city, but people were choosing it for a reason. And, and the reasons have changed a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think when it comes down to it, a lot of people are still going to have this motivation of like, I want to go into an office because I want to see people. I want to live in a city because I want to experience the things that a city would have to offer. You know, yes, I don't need to live, live there for like work purposes anymore. Again, the productivity piece of it can be solved, but there are all of these other pieces. And I think it's going to change the mix a little bit, but it, you know, it's not like I feel like companies are going to be abandoning their offices en masse and people are going to be flocking out of the cities in droves, right? I I think that a lot of these reasons are very wired into people. And so companies have to deal with that. And once they've kind of figured out a structure, once they've figured out, okay, here's the investment that we want to make in office space, and here's how we're going to structure it so that people can use it as much or as little as they want, then the piece that's going to come after that is the technology. I think they're going to be starting to try to figure out what, what would technology look like that could help us address, you know, this other side of the equation. And then the, the technology vendors or, or new technology vendors are probably going to rise up with some answers or some possibilities, you know, some things that are going to get tested out. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the one takeaway I would have is that the way I see the future of work and workers is, is flexibility. And then you will need the tools that are going to enable that kind of flexibility. 
you don't have to be a 100% remote worker, for instance, like I am. Maybe it's a hybrid approach. Um, you don't have to be 100% in the office. You know, personally, and I've talked about this before, I think mandated collaboration can be overrated in the work world. And I, you know, I know you've made quite a good point about the fact that we can be productive and get our work done. Uh, and that innovation then is the one thing that maybe is going to miss out without people interacting with one another. But I think my opinion that at least in our industry, there's been an over rotation to the concept of collaboration where 18 people need to be in a meeting all, you know, all the time talking for hours. And, and I think that the uh, ROI on that kind of stuff, um, it would be interesting to measure um, because I don't think it's as quite as high as, as people may think. Maybe I'm being a little controversial here, but you know, that's my, my thoughts on it. Uh, but I do believe, and you know, I'm, I'm reiterating here, but I think that this is a structural type of challenge for companies and whether or not the right tools come along, and they will, because, you know, obviously, you know, there are, there are great minds out there that are trying to think of the, the next best thing all the time. So from a technology standpoint, I have absolutely no doubt that tools will uh, evolve and, and, and come to market that are going to help us deal with the new workforce. But I still, and I'm going to go back, circle back to my initial point, I still think that Understanding human human beings is a whole different thing than being less philosophical, I guess, about how people work. And, and, and that, I think, is the bigger challenge for organizations is, is understanding, I value that employee. They're good at this. They might not be so good at this, but we really value them. And how do they like to learn? How do they like to work? How do they like to produce? How do they like to collaborate? Um, and, and, and so I think those are the, some of the bigger questions and those are not easily answered. Right. In, in a lot of ways, this is a diversity discussion mm-hmm. that, that companies are realizing that they are made up of a highly diverse group of people and that their ability to say, here is the way that we do things at our company. And if you want to be here, you know, you need to fit into this mold. I think that ability is going away. And I think companies recognize that. I, I think they're, they're realizing that it doesn't do them any good to prescribe a single way of getting work done. They, they may have, again, culturally, a, a way that they feel is, is going to suit their interests best. That's, that's going to be some kind of blend of, you know, productivity and, you know, innovation or whatever it is. But they're, they're going to have to leave room for that flexibility because, the, the ability to, to switch to another company uh, that, that's offering that flexibility is, is going to grow, right? And so I, I, I don't think that companies are going to be able to say, here's the way we're doing it, but there is going to be culture involved, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think there are always going to be counterexamples, you know? So if you try to say, well, you can't achieve this without getting together, there's always going to be counterexamples of being able to achieve it, but it's just kind of how it happens at scale and how every company culturally decides that they want to do their business uh, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to find their way. And so I think that, again, they, they're, they're going to make those decisions first and then, and then we'll see what kind of technology comes along that can maybe help support the, the culture that they want to have. Yeah, and I'll make one last point here is that, you know, you and I work in the tech industry and a lot of it is clickety click on your keyboard all day. So we're knowledge worker types. 
um, not every industry can be as flexible. Uh, if you're working, you know, in an auto plant or, you know, any other manufacturing environment, um, it, it, you know, it, transportation, uh, it, those, those are, are industries that, in healthcare, for instance, that uh, it's very more prescriptive in terms of how they have to operate and how they have to have their workforce operate and the rules and regulations. So we live in a very different world um, than a lot of other industries in this country that run this country and the world. Um, so that's something to just throw out there that we need to consider. Yep, good, good point. This has yep. been a fun series. I've, I've enjoyed doing this. I think this was something a little different to kind of spread a discussion out over, over three episodes. But um, I think that based on the research that we were doing, based on you know, our own experiences and, and the things that we were reading, the, the timing on this was, was good. That you know, as, as people are heading towards the end of the year, really beginning to grapple with the situation, you know, what, what is it that uh, the direction is going to look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hopefully we've, we've described it pretty well. I'm sure a lot of these thoughts are going to carry forward into our upcoming IT industry outlook. Yeah, uh, we should be um, getting some data back from that in the, in the next few weeks, hopefully, and uh, we'll see some findings. And it'll be interesting to see, because of all that we've gone through in this wacky year, what differences in responses that we get compared to what we got last year and every other year, frankly, because I think that this has been, this is, you know, definitely an outlier year of, of oddness and, and it's probably upended a lot of companies and made them think about when they made predictions for the future, think differently than they would have in the past. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting that data collected and back and looking at uh, the way that our industry and IT pros are uh, thinking about the year ahead. Yeah, I think we'll have more to say on that probably sometime in November. So look forward to that episode. Yes. All right. Well, I guess that's it for now. So have a great weekend. Yeah, I'm going to try. The weather's not great, but uh, you know what? I can survive that. It's just having some downtime is good. Yeah. Well, good luck with it. And uh, I will talk to you next time. Sounds good. Bye-bye.